Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the back on the mic today, we have a special guest, Tyler Carr, a former pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies and also a local Floridian. What's going on, Tyler? Hey man, how's it going? Not too bad, man. I'm a little little cold, <clears throat> like we discussed. It's uh, we're we're down here in like the the 60s in Florida. So. <laughs> cold for us, not for anywhere else. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I'm sure there's people listening right now that are like, man, these guys. It's over here, negative 25, and we're getting dumped <laughs> on. I know the North got rammed with some snow this year, so. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been cold the last week. I think down down out where I live, actually. You know, it's colder than what they what they get in town. I think my parents live right down the road. Had twenty seven on the on the thermometer the other day. Yeah, that's rough. I actually went out to my um, my garden, and uh, once we had the baby, I kind of the garden kind of took the back seat there. And what's right. crazy is I um have a little compost pile. It's just one of those big tubs, and the water always stands on the top. It was frozen. I don't think I've ever seen that here. <laughs> yeah, no. no, it's been cold for sure. Well, the good thing about that is uh, definitely has made for some good hunting, in my opinion. I've seen a lot of deer down here in Florida, um, a lot of nice, nice 130s, 140s. I mean, even smaller than that, um, but really nice bucks taken this year. I don't know if it was the the, the cold, the the lack of you know water, what, what the deal was, but it definitely seems like down here in the south it was a good year, and I know you had a pretty good year for you. Um, and your, uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounce this girlfriend or fiance. Yeah. Girlfriend, girlfriend. Yep. But she, uh, she's never killed a buck before. And, and, uh, I recently bought a house on four acres that butts up to two ranches and, uh, one ranch gets hunted, I don't know, not heavily, but it gets hunted. And then the other ranch, I mean, is barely touched. So, uh, they just, there's a big pasture that separates us and those deer travel through that pasture and, um, I was able to get get her on her first deer, and then uh, I got myself two two good bucks, and, and I shot a doe just for meat as well. But um, it was a good year for sure. Yeah, like like I said, I uh, I don't know if it's social media or what, but I was looking around. And I'm like, Florida's on the map this year. I mean, there was some nice. Everyone seemed like they were getting to fill the freezer and, and getting to fill tags. Um, but we're going to definitely jump into that. I want to see how your season's been going, um, you and your girlfriend, but what have you been up to since we last spoke? Yeah. So I, I, as you know, I played for the Phillies, uh, from 2018 until 2022. And I made it about halfway through the 2022 season and ended up getting released. Basically came down to lack of performance. Um, just kind of hit that, it felt like I hit that uh, limit almost and uh, just it wasn't rolling my way. Um, so I got released from the Phillies, came home, started a pressure cleaning business, uh, which has been taken off really well. And uh, I'm also doing pitching lessons uh, still because there's not a whole lot of local people who, who have gone to, to college or played any sort of baseball from my small town. So um I'm trying to, you know, almost give back to community, community, and 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 make some money as well. So, uh, just been staying busy with that. No, that's great, man. And you know what? There's there's no time limit on anything. Um, you know, I worked steel mill from military to steel mill to pretty much factory jobs. You might as well say or labor jobs my whole life. And then you get to a point, you know, when I hit my 30s, I'm like, okay, let's uh, 
let's think a little bit into the future. Family's going to be shortly coming, et cetera. House, yeah. white picket fence, all that jazz. And, uh, you know, I was like, I got, I got to do something. Obviously, you enjoy. Um, not saying you didn't enjoy baseball, but just something that you know made more sense for me in the in the long play of things as part of the sort. But that's that's awesome. You got to do it. I mean, four years is a pretty long time, man. I'm sure you have some great memories and and yeah. uh, you know enjoyed that part. Yeah, man, it was definitely a cool experience. I wouldn't trade it for much. I'll tell you that. Uh, super cool. Got to meet some some big time guys. Got to play with some big time guys. Now I never made it to the big leagues. But, you know, I've got to I got to play in one big league spring training, got invited to a big league camp, um, you know, playing with Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon at the time, you know, throwing to JT Romuto, um, all these these super cool guys, big name guys, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, I made a lot of connections as well. And as you know, connections are are huge in life. So, For sure. you know, I've, I've got the ability to now go to Texas to, to do some hunts. Uh, I've got some Indiana property, not property, Indiana friend. And I also have a Kentucky friend well, and a Missouri. So uh, <laughs> the list true. keeps going on and on, but it's just a matter of now, you know, mixing that uh that trip in with the work schedule and and going from there no for sure man i mean that's almost what server side's all about i mean a good percentage of what we're about it's that networking it's that relationships you make in anything you do in life and um you know when you make those connections with people not only do you have great people in your life but you do get uh, a lot of opportunities that um you know may not have been presented or presented at a later time but uh i'm sure you expected to have more time to hunt and you probably don't now that you got your own business rolling <laughs> well yeah i mean i started out um i started out kind of getting it rolling you know the whole process which buying a trailer getting the pressure cleaners then you got to get your name out there um all that stuff so it was a little slow early on and it started right when i got back um which was around june i believe now, the first time in my life, or in a, in a while, I was able to go ahead and get trail cameras up, start getting pictures of deer and velvet, you know, finding all these these places where, where when I was playing, we're not done till two days after season starts down here, September like nineteenth or twenty, somewhere in there. Um, so for the first time, I was able to go get trail cameras set up and get rolling, and then. Um, I was also working, helping my buddy out. I was running a tractor for him and mowing here, doing, you know, cutting hay, baling hay, doing the whole thing. Well, as I was doing that, I didn't have a ton of time to hunt unless it was the weekend. And I actually missed out on a, a really big 10 point that was daylighting like three or four days in a row during the week behind my house. And um, so that was a bummer. But recently i've i haven't i've been busy enough to where i don't mow help him mow anymore and i have a really open schedule but oh, nice. of course i've got all my deer killed um and that actually played a factor in my last buck that i killed was having an open schedule and we'll get to that whenever um but but yeah early on it hurt me but now i'm able to say oh cold front's coming up and i'll, I'll kind of put the jobs around that cold front or whatever the case is oh, so. that's great man time management i mean that's definitely key i know uh you can get real busy and overwhelmed quick but working your schedule like that i mean it benefits you and we can we can actually get into it so let's uh let's talk about your season i mean i guess your girlfriend was the first one to to drop uh shed blood right yeah yeah so she comes uh her name's destiny and her her uh family isn't really the hunting type 
Um, some of her grandparents hunt, and uh, they're up in Boone, North Carolina. Um, so she has some relatives that do some hunting, but down here she didn't do a whole lot of hunting. So uh, she was in for a change when we started dating. So uh, I was kind of, you know, she heard me talk about it all the time and, and whatnot, and she showed some interest. So I borrowed a friend's crossbow and had her shoot a couple times. And it was, I mean, crossbow, very, very similar to a gun. She was dead money, you know, just perfect shots at about 25 yards. Uh, so she was comfortable with it. We shot until she, you know, she knew all the steps and whatnot. So I took her, I said, I'll let you shoot a doe. And this was early season archery crossbow season. And so we went out, out on my four acres and we're going to, to shoot a doe. They've been coming every morning. So I was like, okay, perfect. Well, as the sun's coming up, we see a doe. She's waiting for the feeder to go off because, you know, as you know, some people don't. Down here in Florida, we're allowed to hunt over feeders. So uh, feeder's about to go off. She's just hanging out. And there's a tree farm that's kind of next to me. It's an old abandoned tree farm, really good cover for these deer. And as she keeps looking over, looking over, and it's not really – they're not rutting right now. And, and I'm like, oh, there might be another doe or something. And um, I actually hear a buck grunting. And – he jumps the fence into my four acres and it's still low light. So it's hard to see. But at first I thought it was one of my big boys and I brought my bow just in case. <laughs> cause she wasn't, she wasn't killing one of my big ones, but, uh, I ended up seeing it was just, I mean, he's a, he was probably three and a half year old. He wasn't fully, fully mature, but it was one of those chances, man, where I didn't want to, her to not get an opportunity later in the season. So, I said, what a perfect time just to let her shoot a buck right off hand. So she was a little nervous at first, man, but he came in. That feeder went off. He came in, perfect broadside, about 25 yards, and she uh, she center punched him, hit him, hit him in the heart. I got it on video. Uh, he actually only ran about 50 yards and, and fell over on my property. So um, super, super cool, cool video. Definitely some really good memories, and, and she loved it. So she's hooked now. So Oh, man, I bet you I that was to... really exciting. <laughs> yeah i gotta now set some deer aside for her not just myself so yeah it's a uh, catch 22 ain't it <laughs> definitely yeah uh, it's uh, a lot of good a lot of that uh, uh, my girlfriend uh chrissy she doesn't she doesn't hunt but i tell you what we uh we have this little like almost like a dave and buster their little like bar slash video game place and we went there and we always play the duck hunting game and one day i asked yeah. her i was like so you, you know you seem to really be getting into that it you know it's Duck hunting's a lot of pointing, not aiming. So I'm like, you really wouldn't have too much of an issue since you're doing this. Uh, once we practice the shotgun a little bit, and she's like, oh yeah, I'd be down to try that. So I think I'm starting to slowly bring her over to the the side. We'll start small. I definitely don't see her sit in the woods for a turkey or a deer, but you know, duck right. hunting something. You know, you don't have to shush her every five minutes. <laughs> oh, I, I know. You know I, <laughs> yeah, the good thing it happened early. She probably has ants in her pants moving around out in the tree stand. Oh, we, they we, don't won't, fully know. we won't go too crazy down this rabbit hole but i actually have a a few female hunters that i talk to off that i need to ask them about like because you know it's most women tend to have a you know a scent a smell on them you know whether it's their hair you know they right. stays just stays on them a little bit different than than men in my opinion and uh i'm gonna have to ask them i bet you they have a hard hard time keeping that scent control. control down you really yeah, have yeah, to play that win I never thought about that. Yeah, most I guess most stuff, you know, shampoos, soaps, uh, lotions, oh, yeah. uh, all that stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, it's definitely more scented than most men's. I guess. I, 
That's a good thing. I've never thought about that. Good I mean, point. it goes down to lip balm and makeup. I'm sure, oh, you know, yeah, makeup, no. some makeup has a scent. So it's, yeah, I'm okay. sure they have to really, really get in there. And I mean, I'm all for, I always told people, you know, a, a lot of products I always see, I kind of laugh and I'm like, you know, you know, if you play the wind and you kind of keep your scent, you know, down, it's, it's pretty much fine. Like you don't have to depend on scent control, but I might, I might go against myself on that, you know, being a female, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to bring the girls, <laughs> I'm going to bring the girls in here. We're going to have that conversation sometime, but I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely a question to be asked. I mean, but I've also heard and seen people who are out there ripping cigs in the stands. Oh yeah. Like I've seen some and killers they, ripping a whole yeah. pack one after another. And I'm like, bro, I can smell and, you. I'm, I was going to say, and they still get it done sometimes. Still but I, I guess it's like you said, most of the time I will agree. I mean, it's so hard to cover up your scent fully. And I'm sure there's people out there that have a better approach, a better explanation. Who knows about different um, sprays and, and different scent control items. But I've always just, I mean, if they get downwind of you, you're, you're flipping a coin. Sometimes yeah. that scent stays above them. Sometimes you're screwed. But uh, I've always played it. Not much scent control. I've always just tried to play the wind as best as I could. Um, just don't find it necessary for myself to to buy a lot of these products um now i'm not telling people to do it i'm just saying what i do and i've had success out of state i've had success a bunch of success in florida i just and i and and the stories of me getting busted are few and far between i don't know it's it hasn't happened in a long time but oh yeah there's been times where i immediately i'm not a huge i'm I'm more of the wind myself and don't get me wrong i do bring the traditional um scent spray or whatever when right. I go on like all day hunts, I'll throw it in my bag and then at the end, uh, more so just have it. I don't know if it helps with success or not. I've killed deer in the evening and and morning, so I wouldn't really say one over the other. I always do it just as almost like, well, you can't lose, but I, I don't do much with the morning. I play the wind and then we obviously, you know, down here in the south, there's there's two things we deal with. We deal with as soon as it got out of your vehicle, you're sweating. Um, you know, so unless you're just really not a sweater, I've, I've never seen many people get out there and not start sweating. Oh, no. Even when it's cool. And then also the, um, um, uh, the fires. So we have a lot of controlled burns down here. I definitely think more than up North. Um, and, uh, what I always have done was I will obviously wash my clothes with some type of detergent. I use unscented baking soda just because it's like a dollar something and right. it just you sweat you got to get that sweat out of your i know i have to i sweat i'm a big guy i sweat like crazy so i have to get that right. sweat um just feeling out of my clothes so i use baking soda and then what we do is we always either have the burn pit out um or uh you know the fireplace and i'll literally i can hang my clothes right up at the fireplace just burn a couple little logs and and get mm-hmm. that going and that's always helped me because everywhere i go they I hunt a lot of burn areas, so right, yeah. So it always smells. Always smells. I mean, that's yeah. a that's an overpowering smell too. It's real easy to just put your hand on something, you know, a, a burnt tree, and the whole smells on you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's smart. Didn't they don't burn a ton where I'm at, but but that would make a, a lot of sense. And and if you don't hear deer blowing and and all that, and you in your seeing activity, it's got to work. Some oh, sort. yeah, I, for sure. I think I wash my stuff in, um, I think it's called deer smear is what it's called. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. Um, I went through a stage before I ran into you guys where, you know, I was killing some nice bucks out of state here and there. And, and, um, 
I just reached out to a company and kind of, you know, showed them that, that I'm successful and that, you know, maybe they want to share their product or whatever. And, um, that's what I have. They sent me some detergent and some like bowstring wax and some spray, some field spray and stuff. And it was almost like a care package kind of thing. And, uh, that's just i mean i have it for free so i have it may as well wash it and i think it's flavor it smells like sweet corn i think is what it is Mm. and of course we don't have corn here in florida but it's something that at least cleans my clothes and gets like you said the sweat i mean you can't you ain't walking to your stand without sweat (laughs) no you you ain't and if you are i tell you what you you got the holy grail spot there because I can yeah. uh, I can't side by side it to a spot even when we take the side by side and stuff the spots we're parking it up at the top of the field. Right. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit. Let's see. So uh, we got Destiny's buck. So let's roll into your uh, your buck. You you killed one or two bucks this year. I killed two. That's what I thought. Yep. Yep. So so the first the second one that I or, sorry the first one that I killed um, was a buck I called. I called him the skinny eight. Now, hang on, let me take this. Uh, I called him the skinny eight and he, he had a, he was, he had pictures of him last year. Um, where I go, man, this busy young buck with a, with a, with a nice frame. But I said, Holy cow, he's got pencil horns. And so I kept an eye on him. I only saw him for the first two weeks of season last year. And, uh, as in the 2021 season. So he disappeared. I said, okay, well, someone could have killed him, whatever. Never. Like I said, first two couple weeks of season, got pictures of him. He daylighted actually, but I was like, ah, oh, it's not a buck. He's not big enough to kill. Well, fast forward this year, I get a, a I think it was a picture in, I think early September and, uh, he was already hard horned. And I'm like, dang, this buck looks familiar. I keep old trail camera pictures. So I started scrolling back and would you know it? I mean, it was, it was that, that eight point. Now he's got, now that I killed him, I can tell you the exact measurement. He had like nine, nine and five eighths. Like one of his G twos was nine and five eighths. Now previously it was probably about four and a half, five inches somewhere in there. Um, now, he probably grew, I would, I would, I'd say 15 to, to 18 inches, maybe 20 inches, but his horns are still skinny as can be. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is, this is going to be a good buck if I can let him, you know, grow. Well, the problem with public land is you can't always bank on them making it with how many people hunt. So, uh, I forgot the exact date. I want to say it was November 20 something. Um, I'd been getting him on camera within, he, he travels, man. I had him in like a three or three and a half mile radius where he was just doing this huge lap, huge lap. And, uh, I think it was cause he was young still. Mm-hmm. Um, but he rolled in one morning and there must've been a hot day. A cold front came through and honestly, I'm not big on cold fronts in Florida. Um, they don't seem to me some it spices it up some but i feel like up north cold fronts have a bigger factor for sure um, i agree with (laughs) with feeding and whatnot um well i go sit one morning and my wind this goes back to the wind we were just talking about my wind was blowing where i thought these deer these other trails are are coming from and i was like ah these deer don't come from where the wind's blowing northwest wind or northeast wind is perfect well so i thought 
I'm sitting there right before daylight and I hear a bunch of crunching of the leaves and whatnot and they're coming straight downwind and I said, No way. Uh but I hear some grunting. I hear a snort wheeze, which is awesome. I mean, I feel like in Florida you don't well, at least I haven't had a bunch of experience with snort wheezes and stuff like that. Uh super cool to hear in person. And uh then I hear him raking a tree and I and I can't see anything. So um I'm over here going you know, I wonder what buck this could possibly be. Well, there. then next thing you know, you hear them fighting, and then um, it gets just daylight enough, and I see this small buck, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I know exactly what deer this is. He's always running with this other buck. Um, well, there ended up being two of my shooters that, that walked by that morning. It was just, like I said, too dark to shoot. My cell camera sent me pictures of it. And uh, I'd say 10, 15 minutes after daylight, um, that skinny eight steps out. Man, I was so on the fence about shooting him, but my year has been so hard at the time. You know, I hadn't shot anything. Um, and I wanted to get it done. And you know what? I just pulled back. I think he was 14 yards. And uh, I let it rip. He only got, he only made it about 50 yards and tipped over, but, um, I think he scored, he was just over a hundred inches, just over that hundred inch mark, which in Florida, I mean, you're able to kill giants, but public land, I feel like when you hit the hundred inch mark, I think, I don't think that's bad at all. Oh no, not, not at all. I have a deer that's a little less than a hundred inches. I tell you what, he's one of my favorite, favorite bucks out of any state I've ever been to. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and so, you know, that was that buck. Sorry, I gotta walk outside. I might break up for just a second here. Bad service. Um, but that was, that was, that was the first buck. And, uh, I'm actually going to go ahead. I think I'm going to get him mounted. I'm just trying to start a, I know it'll be a smaller trophy room than, than most people's, but, um, I'm trying to get a little, a little trophy room started. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get him mounted, but nice. we'll see. What would you say? What would you, uh, I mean, I don't think that I'm with you on the cold fronts. I don't revolve my hunts around the cold fronts. Everything I do, it's how the wind's blowing in. And a lot of the spots it's, it'll swirl real quick on you. So you really only get that, that early morning or, midday kind of hustle when everyone else is rolling out to eat lunch i feel like it's like a dinner bell for the deer to hurry up and get a snack in but uh, what would you say if you could kind of share we had talked a little bit earlier about southern hunting um i get a lot of questions with southern hunting because we don't see a lot of stuff out there uh you can look up youtube videos and stuff but there's not a whole lot on it we were talking about how you know if, if i ever seen meat eater come here and make an episode on public land i'd probably you know, go buy a lottery ticket or something. I just don't think right. it would happen. But <clears throat> what would you say kind of helped you in that moment to get out there, kind of like planning and, and, and patterning him? Or Yeah, so cell cam- I mean, the cell cameras have been a, a game changer, I think, um, with, with giving you the feedback without you going in the field. Um, that to me so so i you know while i'm at the house and i and i get a picture and and i go all right this buck's you know close to daylight in the morning or 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 he's just after dark something like that 
uh, it's kind of a guessing game sometimes. I mean, I've sat cold fronts the first cold front of the year, and it couldn't have been more perfect, and I didn't see a deer, you know. And it's one of those things where it, it makes you wonder, and, and is it true? I mean, I feel like up north, you know, cold fronts definitely almost guarantee you movement. I could be very wrong with that. I'm from Florida. so I think they I'm like to stay in up. beds. I mean, no, it, it's definitely true. I go to a lot of northern states to hunt, and I grew up in – western virginia and when it was a cold front you were calling in sick you were like that was that was the time like you you were figuring out you were going after work you were going before work i remember work at night shift we'd always you know everyone was like oh the cold front's coming we're going right after work i mean sleep was definitely secondary and down here it's i honestly think they want to stay in bed i know it's i never see turkeys or really much move except the ducks to be honest with you um the fishing right. i haven't really noticed uh, i know we've got we had a pretty big snook kill down here when the temperatures got cold um, but besides yeah. that i mean that to be honest with you that's kind of typical when the temperatures get cold just like the you know a lot of the bass and stuff will die but um you know we have pretty good pretty good fish populations down here but yeah they uh I, I haven't really noticed a difference to where i'm gonna change my hunting strategy um don't get me wrong i do like to get out there because at the end of the day it is enjoyable to kind of sit there and be a little chilly and like not be <laughs> not sweating sweat. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. i enjoy putting my uh hang on stand up a little bit more when like sweat's oh, not in my eyes um but yeah. i haven't noticed a huge difference except for really fishing and duck hunting to be honest with you yeah, and, and this is our personal experience. I'm sure there's other people. I, I mean, I've seen bucks killed on these cold fronts, but I even have my neighbor. So my neighbor that lives right next door, he's able to hunt like a 2,000-acre ranch down here. And uh, he went, and he's got this big old nine-point on camera, and, and we hunted that same day. We even took off work. We did. We took off work, and he went and hunted. I hunted. We're texting all morning. He goes, this is the slowest morning I've hunted in since the beginning of season and it was the coldest morning that's been it was an early early cold front and i think it was like october when the first one came through and usually i mean i wouldn't say it's rare but for that cold snap i mean it was really cold and he said this is the slowest deer movement i've had all year he goes the times that i'm sitting there sweating getting eaten by mosquitoes he goes i get more movement than this oh for sure and you and you would think too your scent would play a huge role in that because like i i think my scent would be a lot more under control when it's cooler than than if it's uh you know hot but I mean, it. I, I, I'm gonna definitely try to get more people on these southern podcasts to get different perspectives. But everyone I've ever talked to in the south, they they don't bank on those cold fronts. Um, that's more just a personal preference. And then, um, you know, just really like the cell cameras, like you said, especially down here on those. There's so much pressure, especially with you know we have dog hunting down here. Obviously, like you mentioned, you can bait. Um, so there's definitely a lot of, uh, better options for animals to want to go to than, you know, wander around the forest. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's, it's that, I don't know. I think, I think if you call around and you talk to more people that are in different locations, I think you would definitely see different responses. I think it's just, I think it's almost like area based and i don't know property based it just feels that way you know over here they're just starting to rut where i'm at and we're yeah, what are we, we're about an hour and a half apart or so that's crazy the ruts we've had about three different ruts this year <laughs> honestly but um it's just 
it's so hard in Florida, man. Uh, I know, I, I don't know the science behind it. Um, but you know, September, we typically get a strand of rut that's early September, you know, it's, it's right before season opens. And my brother and I are always going, damn, they need to open the season about a week earlier and we could kill these slabs. You know, you got them chasing does on camera and stuff. And then it just feels like it cools off right when season happens. Um, and then I've killed a buck in 2019 chasing a doe in October 7th, I believe. And then chasing that doe this year was November 20, 20, it was right before Thanksgiving. So I think it was like the 22nd or something like that. November 22nd, killed one chasing a doe. My buddy killed a really big buck that I was, I was hunting. He was coming every day in the daylight behind my house in my four acres and opening weekend, he killed him chasing the doe, which, so that goes to show you, I mean, I just told you three different months of them chasing does here in Florida and it makes it hard in my opinion. Um, some people might, might think it gives you more chances, which it, who knows it could, but, but I, I would like a steady rut. You know, when you go up North, I feel like when we go to Indiana, it was like that October 31st to, to the first week of, of right. November, it just felt like it was on fire. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, you get your traditional, you know, they were rutting when I was in Virginia. They were rutting uh, right around Thanksgiving, which is your pretty, uh, you know, traditional time frame that they'll rut there. It's it's crazy how a lot of these states, I mean, I know some states, they have like that second rut or whatever, but ours is, ours is all over the place, too. Normally, I start doing uh, a bunch of turkey scouting. Eh, I'll small game hunt a little bit right now. Normally, we kill a lot of hogs this time of year. Uh, they're coming in on the camera like i mean periodically same time every day eight in the morning three in the evening and uh we normally do that but i do do a lot of small game hunting mainly just a turkey scout um and i do i always take go fishing because usually you know the bluegill and the specks and stuff are starting to bite pretty good um and i always always every year i'm fishing uh i'm over here in zone b so um, we have, you know, the Hillsborough River and the Withlacoochee and all that. And you walk along those fishing, and I'm telling you right now, you, you're guaranteed to see a buck chasing a doe. Always along the river's edge, too. Um, right. They're, they're always chasing, and season is just crisped out. I mean, right, because we end the 28th, I believe, of January, and our yeah. season just, just crisps out. It's always like that week. It's almost like they're waiting for us to start in September, and then they're waiting for us to end, and then some of the crazy ones you get during the middle, but... Ours are, I've always seen them chasing in February, and normally the turkeys are calling. I say the same thing. I'm like, they should move our season uh, back a little bit more. And, you know, I've, yeah. I've gotten a lot of backlash with that, but th- hear me out on this. So they burn here in March. Well, right. that's when the hens are on the nest. It makes no sense to me. I don't know why they do it, but every turkey, I do a lot of turkey hunting, way more than deer. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally use vacation time for turkey hunting, and I always run into fresh burns, been to areas that were still burning. Uh, my phone alerts are going off with, hey, there's a control burn here, there's a control burn there. Um, dozens and dozens of burns happening, and I know that time frame works for them, but it just didn't make sense to me why they would do it when the hens are literally on the side of the road in the nest. I mean, you can, we'll see hens on the side of the road all the time when I take people like, there's a turkey. And I'm like, oh, it's because their nest is right there. That's why they're on the side of the road. Um, That's Yeah. And, and you think being conservationists and stuff, they would, they would know that, but 
trust me, there's a lot of things we could, we could dive way down somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, you know, things look different, I think, on paper than they do in real life. Someone like me that's out there a minimum of two to three days a week during turkey season. I, I live 15 minutes from a WMA, so I literally will get off work at – during turkey season, I actually get off at a, a normal time. I can get off at four, you know, four four thirty five, and be out there for the last couple of hours, or come in late. But yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. Florida's, Florida's wonky with some things. I mean, just like a lot of other states. I mean, there's some states you can't even hunt on Sundays. So that's weird as well. Su- super weird. But you can do anything else on a Sunday? Go strip club and all. <laughs> can't, can't go take a kid hunting though. No, it's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I like I said, there, I don't think there's ever a right answer, man. The the, the biggest nah. thing with the rut, with the with the cold fronts, with the feeding patterns, there, there's more. It's it, it all boils down to there's more ways to tie a shoe than one. Um, there's not one deer that acts the same as the other. It's just I don't know. It's just there's no true answer. I no, think there's, no, I agree. Because because I have I've killed deer under diff, way different circumstances and and it's been successful in a lot of different ways. So I don't I don't know. Um, but I, I think if, you know, if you want to get into it, my last buck story, I, I believe this is the one that, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I made a mistake. I made a mistake that I'll never make again. Um, but it, it kind of comes down to, so I have three years of pictures of this buck. Um, I called him the crab claw buck just because his G threes went perfect into these little crowd claws wasn't very i think i think they they measured out the four and some change and they went forward they kicked forward so called him the crowd claw buck he showed up um three years ago 20 what was that what was that 2020 2019 i think is the first pictures i had of him of some sort and he showed up and I go, wow, this this little buck, you know, he's, he's got just a nice frame. It just looks like he's got a nice frame. And uh, he has broke off, though, and on a, on his left side. And I was like, you know, you could tell he's young, skinny neck, small buck, uh, but he's broke off. And I said, I want to know what he would look like if he wasn't broke off. Um, so, obviously, he wasn't going to be shot. He was too young and he was small, whatever. Next year, he pops up. And this is kind of funny because I never put the first year pictures together just because when they're broke off on one side, you're wondering, like, you, you never know what they really are. They don't they don't stand out to you, so to speak. So 2020 rolls around and he he shows up again. And I think this is a different buck at the time. And I go, wow, this is, you know, he's still young, still small. I don't know if I want to kill him. Um, and uh so I pass him, whatever. Never see him, by the way, in person. But later in the season, he breaks off again. And I'm going, this man must like to fight, you know. And and so, sorry, this started in 2020. So that was 2021 was when he had his full rack, and then he broke off late season. Um, and then, no, I was right. Sorry, these years confused me. So 2021, he had his full rack. And he was like fully mature, and I was going, "Wow, well, I need to kill this buck." Like he, he's probably going to score, you know, a little over a hundred, and you know, hundred and five, something like that. And uh, but he's got a big body, droopy, big old pouch up front. Like everything about him says he's he's ready to be killed. Well, 
he's like a ghost man he shows up here and there never figure out a pattern i move cameras i'm all over the place uh, on this land and and so um never get to kill him never get to kill him and that was when i went up to indiana and i shot that that nice nine point on some public land so i didn't really miss out on the whole year i finally i got a buck killed it just wasn't in florida so fast forward to this year and there we go. Got him. I, I mind you, I was done early with baseball, so I got to do some early scouting that I never get to do. And I get a picture of this buck. In it was a trend. He's hard horned in like June, like late June, early July. And as you know, they're supposed to be still growing velvet. Oh yeah, I mean they're they don't start dropping where I'm at until I, I'll start finding fresh sheds like. And really like the first week of March, because I usually get a quota for that week. So this this buck isn't even he's fully hard horned in in, in like July, early wow. July. And I'm going, well, that's not right. You know, they, they shouldn't be even close to hard horned at that time. And uh, so there he is. Boom. Hard horn showing up in the daylight, of course, like they always do preseason showing up nonstop <laughs> daylight, daylight, daylight. And I'm, I truly am fooled and think I've got them figured out and I've got a chance this year. Well, boy, was I wrong. And, you know, season rolls around. I'm hunting them, hunting them, hunting them, and nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found. Oh, there he is, pops up tonight, whatever. He's all over. I'm moving cameras. I got them, you know, a mile and a half one way. And then, believe it or not, so where I hunt some some um, some public land, it's it's not too terribly far from from my house and about two and a half miles three miles and he is behind my house in the daylight in the morning mind you i'm working so i missed out on him as well <laughs> and i'm you know i'm hitting my head against the wall going holy cow i'm never gonna get his butt killed he's playing games so he disappears from my house goes way back to the public land and, he, and he's just walking along tree line and uh my buddy got permission to hunt a piece of private out there and he gets this buck on camera and it actually helped me put a piece of the puzzle together. Cause mind you, I didn't know he was walking that tree line at the time. Um, that two miles. Well, I found the line he was working. I was only off by probably a quarter mile and my buddy getting him on camera and letting me know, allowed me to talk to one of my childhood friends uh grandparents they own 35 acres on some private so i got permission and they said yeah go ahead set some stuff up get it done whatever well within three days of me hanging a camera on their private mind you it's pasture land with some really tall pine trees in a back corner and so i told myself if it's going to happen it's going to happen in the morning well I go there within three days, boom, got a picture of him. I said, it's go time. Set up my feeder, you know, the whole, the whole thing, stand, everything. So I'm getting them on, I'm getting them on camera, getting them on camera. That fat cold front rolls in. What was that? Two weeks ago now, or maybe three weeks ago. And I, it's right around Christmas time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go sit. And mind you now, this is where that story comes into play. When I had more time, when I told you I'm working for myself now, um, I was able to go ahead and sit, I think I sat eight days in a row, and mainly morning hunts, no afternoon, and the first couple morning, it is frigid. I'm wearing my up north gear, you know, my bibs, everything, 
because um, it gets down, you know, what was it, 30? Yeah, it was and, It was cold. Uh, it was cold enough with, for extra layers, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it was 30 with some wind chill. But, and just and, to put uh, in a context, so sidebar, our cold is different than northern cold. Like, in my opinion, I was in a lake in New York with, like, negative degrees, and it was frozen, and we were duck hunting. And I tell you what, down here, I, it gets in your bones. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, cold. It's heavy and cold. So, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, so you, uh, you ended up, he ended up slipping. Yeah. So, so, you know, the first couple of days I sit nowhere to be found. Um, I see every other deer, every other deer, every other deer. That was, I think the first three days, the fourth day, um, he actually shows up right before daylight. And now mind you, when you use optics, whether it's a gun scope or binoculars, you, it lets more light in. So I was actually watching him for the first time in three years eating under me. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Holy cow, this is awesome. Well, of course he left before, you know, it got, it got daylight and that kind of refueled my fire. Um, starting to get a little frustrated, but that refueled my fire. The, the next time I hunted him, which was day, what was that day? Six. Um, they, nothing all every deer except him again now day day seven I'm, I'm tired man i'm tired of this stuff it's cold every day in a row and and i get out there and i shoot a thumb release and so i don't strap it to my bow because i don't have a strap i just put it in my pocket well genius me i get up to the tree stand hang my bow up i'm i'm already nodding off and I go to like I'm like oh I gotta clip my release to my to my bow, uh, get it ready to pull back and, and and fire. Well, no release. And I said I text my brother. I said I forgot my release. And I said I know this buck is gonna show up. Oh, well, gosh. what did you know? <laughs> Feeder goes off. Here comes a bunch of does. Here comes this buck. And I said oh my. And I already made up my mind. I've been hunting this deer long enough. I'm about to be an Indian for the, for the morning and I'm going to shoot with my fingers. I, uh, so he rolls in and these does are all frisky jumping around. They actually spook them. Like they're, they're doing donuts and running all over the place. And, and he's, he's, he's going, what in the world's going on? He starts to leave. Well, he's only 12 yards, man. I give him a little, a little merit to stop and pull back with my fingers and I'm not even nervous because I'm worried about when you pull back with your fingers, sometimes it actually kicks your arrow up off your face or off your, off your, um, rest. And so I'm looking at it, looking at it and I get it right. And I shoot man and shoot right underneath them. And I had punched my leg as probably hard as I could just because of frustration. Like you, you dummy, you, you ruined it. Um, he wasn't really spooked because the, those does were already spooking him a little bit. Um, so he barely trotted off and he made his way away. I was like, well, you know, we'll see if he comes back that night. He actually shows back up, uh, daylight or dark. Sorry. Um, hunt him the next day, which was day eight. He no shows day nine. I said, well, he's still show. He's still in the area. Day nine. He messed up, man. He came in and I had, uh, trust me, I had my release. This time. <laughs> you probably had and, two uh, on you. I've been, I bring two <laughs> nowadays. I keep one in my bag and one on my bow. <laughs> I need to, I will. I, I'll tell you, that's the number one thing I will make. Dude, sure I extra, on. extra release thermosel, yeah. thermosel cartridges. And I think that's all I bring. <laughs> that's all you really need to be honest. And, and, and he, he rolled in there, man. And, and he was at, I think it was like 23 yards and, um, I couldn't have made a better shot. And, uh, 
he ran 60 yards i think i watched him fall over and that was the end of that man i know long story but man three years of that stuff it's just like he it what was crazy is i've never seen him in person before so um it was just it, it was just nice to see him in person but then you know when you when you get an opportunity to kill him and you forget your release it's it, that uh messes with the brain a little bit Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but, you know, what a mess with you even were. I mean, th those moments, you know, in my opinion, I, I feel like they they really make you a, not only appreciate the hunt more, but like, okay, you know, we've all had, I mean, if you've been hunting long enough, you've had hunts, I call them laydowns, where like the deer is just like reading a book and does everything perfect. And you're like, right. oh my gosh, I'm the best hunter in the world. And then <laughs> I've had other ones that literally like, I mean, I've had ones where I've dozed off and woke up and looked down and my target buck's under me and I'm sitting there with a spine shot and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And you're groggy and I mean, you're like, why did I do that? Why wasn't I paying attention? And, um, you know, and then they end up trotting off or I had one deer back out one year um, and all I had was a spine shot and I wasn't going to take that on him. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it makes, it makes my opinion, it makes it a, a humbling experience and it definitely seems to make that, um that deer even more worth it than it already was is it oh. rock gets bigger every time some crap like that happens i know it i know it. and and i wish i could share you know some of the trail camera videos and stuff i have of him he just that's one thing i will say i think he scored so i think he scored 104 in five eights um so you know, we're not talking about absolute giants here, but we're talking about a five and a half year old buck. Well, that's, Florida standard, that's that's pretty nice. I mean, right? Yeah, five and a half year old started. The whole story was on public, finished on a little piece of permission private, um, and it, to me, it, you know, it's just it's the fact of killing a mature deer as one is is awesome. Um, that's the trophy as it is, but but I just. I think when, you know, him getting older and older and older, I think, you know, kind of I've seen it on videos before where they say, you know, they start to show up in daylight a little more, get too comfortable. And, and that's ultimately what gets him killed. But um, it's just a, it, it was an awesome story, man. And, and, and like I said, to kill a mature buck. And, and there was, come to find out, there was four other people who, had had this deer on camera the last several years trying to get him killed as well. So you find all this stuff after you post a picture, you know, someone reaches out oh, and yeah. sends some trail camera pictures and you know, it's like, dang, uh, glad I got them. I, I'm, I'm sure who knows some of the other people may be even more heartbroken because they <laughs> may have had the same experience as me, you know, watching them three years and someone else kills them. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely a nice one for sure. We'll we'll put a picture up when we when we drop this podcast. But yeah. um, you know, it sounds like the the name of the game here with this episode is is persistence and and planning. I mean, you yeah. Well, and then obviously taking advantage of opportunities. You know, you were able to move some things around to get out there. You know, at, around Christmas time, and we're able to get it done. And I mean, I've I've always. I'll, I'll enjoy hunting early season, but I always seem to have my success these last December, January for some reason. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe things just kind of wind down and a lot of people are, are like, ah, you know, I'm doing the family thing and the holiday thing. And then there's other right. people that are like, I'm going to get out there for nine days straight. And then on the ninth day you get it done. I mean, imagine if you would have called it quits, you know, for all you know, he might not, have, you know, one thing I've learned, I'm starting to see more with mature animals. They might be dead at the Creek. 
next year. You like you don't right. you don't know my my family's property. My one of my great uncles literally was like, "Man, you got to get up here and hunt more." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "We're starting to find mature deer. Just they hit that eight nine years old. You know, they they did one doe and she was like eight years and something. And I'm like, "Oh man." Like, and they're That's like, you got it. And they're like, we've only seen her a few times in the eight years. Like, it's just some of them just have that, that weird pattern or, or migration that they do. And some of them just know where they want to go, or some of them just straight nocturnal. Um, you know, I've got a couple of bucks here that I've, I've never seen in the daylight, and they're the, I know which bucks they are. And I'm right. like, man, when are you going to step out? But for all you know, it's. You know, like you, we had talked about earlier, each deer has its own personality, each situation. It's all situational. I've had mm-hmm. deer that walk up under the stand, look at you, and literally say, like, shoot me. And then I've had other ones that uh, a squirrel drops a tree branch out the tree, and they you never see them again. <laughs> you know, they took yeah. off running, it gets too close. I know. that It's it's just like humans. That's what I tell everybody is there's, there's some bullies out there that want to fight everybody, and they want to beat people up. Um, and then there's little scaredy cats that, like you said, a squirrel drops a branch and they're out of there. Um, then there's (laughs) ones that walk around that are super cautious, super aware. And there's ones that just barrel through the woods. They don't give a dang. So, um, I don't know every day. Like, I think that's what makes it awesome as well Is you might be hunting a buck that is super hard, super cautious, super everything. And it makes them just that much harder to kill. Um, now, obviously we all like the one that's careless that walks out all bowed up. Oh, for sure. Trying to do do something stupid, but I feel like it never really fully plans that way. Yeah, Um, for sure. I I definitely think too, the more you hunt, you get the big uh, mix and match, you know, like you'll get some that read the book and do it the right way. And then you get others that you're like, man, in my target buck I've been after, I, I, I kick myself every day for not taking a shot on them, but I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And I just was yeah, like, I just, do that than not wound and that's where I, I was like, but what if I did get it? And then you come out and you're practicing and you're like, oh, I could have totally made that shot. I, I literally mimicked the shot at my house like six times right. and I'm like, I could have did it. But in that moment, I didn't feel it. And I haven't seen that deer the rest of the season. He, he usually disappears until small game and then he comes out of nowhere. He's a swamp buck. So uh, right. which speaking of that man that's a that's another thing uh i just crazy rabbit hole but um dog hunting i watched a video on either youtube or tiktok the other day that <clears throat> someone was sitting in their tree stand they were hunting uh you know one of those public land trails and they someone was running dogs he sat there and was watching a buck that he had let walk a few times it was a nice buck i don't think i would have let it walk um, right. but he uh he's watching this buck he's been videotaping it on tiktok or whatever for a few days now um and uh dogs keep running by him so he's going live or whatever he's like look at these dogs running this deer the deer's la- just lays down i mean he's literally like 40 yards from this dude in a tree stand it just lays down he's filming it you can just barely see the tips of its an- antlers there uh laying mm-hmm. in some scrubs dogs run by it kind of slow down a little bit keep running buck waits like maybe 10 minutes stands up looks around keeps on browsing um the guy's like watch this watch this another group of dogs come like an hour or two later deer does the same thing stays in that general area lays down they run right by him and i'm sitting here like animals will adapt like that's crazy i would have never seen it i would have never believed it if you would have just told me that i'll be like oh (laughs) maybe maybe it was reaching you know maybe it was just laying down because it was it was time for it to lay down during the day i've watched plenty of deer lay down for no reason 
right. and I was like, maybe that's what happened. And then, you know, but the, and when I'm talking about close, I'm talking about these dogs were within 10 yards of this deer. Like you saw the tails up in the air and the deer just, the buck just didn't move. And he sat there and I'm like, think about how many times that's worked for that buck. And right. he just keeps on doing it. Um, you know, Smart. so if something like where you're at, where he done heard that feeder go off or he had been on that piece of public land moseying around, um, and then two other people's, you know, there's so many different like perspectives and situations. Cause all, all, for all we know, every person you were just mentioning has shot at that deer and he knew it and, right. and missed. And, and you know, a lot of people ain't going to tell you they missed. Um, you know, so there's some people like me, I don't care. I'll be like, yeah, I miss that, you know, whatever <laughs> I, I miss yeah. all the time, um, you know, with things and, uh, especially during turkey season. And, and I tell you what, I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you, cause then it makes me kind of kick myself in the rear to, to, you know, practice a little more and get out to the range. But, you know, for all, you know, every situation, so you never really know it's just so many things. All you can do is really try, but, uh, I kind of got a question for you here with the, with Southern hunting We're we're touching on almost an hour, but you know, as a, as a Southern hunter, you know, you've been pretty successful for the most part, um, at least since I've been following you, you definitely get out there. What would you say, you know, if you could share some advice for Southern hunters, um, on how you've been consistently successful? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, kind of growing up, um, and, and, and learning from a guy that we hunted a 10,000 acre ranch with growing up. Now, this is before all you knew at that age when you were 12, 11 was, I want to go hunt. I want to go hunt. I don't, I want to go hunt. You never understood what went behind actually putting the stand in the right spot and, and, and putting the feeders in the right spot and the cameras, you know, you never understood that side of things. Right. So I think what helped me the most um, and, and allows me to be more successful is over those. We, I think we got to hunt that for, for roughly was 50. So three to four years, we got to hunt that 10,000 acre ranch. And I think over that time frame, I was able to learn from a guy that really knew what he was doing. And now I'm still learning to this day. I don't know everything, but I learned a lot of like location based stuff, you know, where to put your camera, you know, how to check sign, what, you know, this, that, the other, uh, how to read maps and, and all this different stuff. So I personally believe what has made me more successful is, is finding a deer and, and, and looking at a map and picking spots and doing a perimeter almost with cameras and finding out his travel pattern and trying to get him in the daylight. I think that's what makes me the most successful. So if someone were to ask me, Hey, what's my best chance of killing a deer, find a deer, and you have to deploy four or five, maybe four or five cameras in that area and, and, and find him where he's moving in the daylight. Can't kill him at night. No, no, that's, that's when we all see him. I, I see so many night trail camera photos that I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, that's great that he's there, but I, I'm telling you, I've followed bucks before that they, if they came out during the daylight, they weren't coming out anywhere where my cameras were. Or where I right. was at, so you never. But obviously, they're they're coming out. You you have to eat. Do you? You have you to. You know? Do you stay up all night and then not eat during the day? Like you're gonna wake up at some point midday and be like, oh, I gotta eat something. It's just, that's just how the body works. You gotta eat. Gotta drink. Um, has to. Yeah. So that that's that's kind of. And and just to give you a quick example, like I said, I know we hit the hour mark. Oh, you're to, you're to good. Give, <clears throat> to to give you an example is, my buddy. 
I'm not going to tell exact locations, but he's about three and three and some change. I think like 3.2 miles. We did it on the map straight line, mind you. So if you, you're not, they're not walking a perfectly straight line. So we're looking at roughly three and a half miles. A buck started on his location in the beginning of the year and nonstop pictures, nonstop pictures, but they're daylight or they're dark. Well, all of a sudden I start getting pictures three and a half miles away of that I, exact buck daylight 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 three days in a row and then he goes all i go hunt him the fourth morning because it's the weekend finally and that morning i'm sitting for him my buddy gets a picture at like 4 a.m he's all the way back at his spot oh man so so one thing i have learned is these deer and in my area i'm not speaking for everybody else but in my area these deer have no issue traveling these crazy distances mind you this buck I, I don't want to get in this crazy rabbit hole because I have pictures of this deer since 2018 at my parents' house, which is freaking five miles from where I, where I have this five or six miles where I have this buck from. So he started roughly five miles away, has made it all the way to where I hunt. And, and, you know, over the next couple of years, the, you know, since 2018 and it, it's crazy overnight, they'll travel three and a half miles, no problem. And it's not like they're chasing does. They're just strictly eating these, this buck was just worried about food. Yeah, so. I mean, it is wild. You, you definitely have to put your time in. Um, you know, I, that's the number one thing I've always shared advice wise with people is the more time you put in quality time too, not quantity is a huge difference. Um, right. you know, then going and just stinking up a place, um, you know, but putting that time in, whether it's with cameras, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, really networking, like, you know, ch I mean, even just it's something as small as knowing what's on your parents' property and then working over and then also your friend's property, um, being able to know what's around you. I know the people that I know that do have the most success, like hunting mature animals, literally have relationships with the surrounding neighbors or know you know, the public grounds there very well, yeah. you know, especially ones that butt up to each other. Yeah. I, w I wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've seen on camera if I didn't have a camera. Oh, it. oh man. I, uh, I feel you there, man. I, didn't, I wouldn't believe how big raccoons can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I know why they call them boars. Cause I tell you what, I've seen some that literally I thought it was a, a furry pig and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I know. I, I have a doe. I have a doe that she has real, like, defined white markings on her legs. Not piebald. That's that's too far. But she definitely has some like, um, really rare markings of of white on her legs. And she's the reason I killed my big eight point. I may have talked about that in the podcast when I killed him in 2019. And he she walked in and I, you know, I'd been watching her forever. I don't really shoot does that often. And, uh, she had these two twin twin yearlings and, uh, one was a button buck. One was a doe. And I, they came in all the time, came in. They got so used to me, man. They would watch me almost climb my tree and then they would come in. It was like, they didn't care. They knew they weren't in danger. Well, someone shot her after season. And well, I'm assume someone shot her. It was just that perfect. Like I've shot deer at an angle before and you know, how it like rips the skin open and they like hit her whole shoulder bone, like her whole uh, front shoulder at an angle. They just didn't get quite the perfect angle. She had to have been facing pretty far away from her or away from them. And I have a picture, you know, you know how big a softball is. Oh, it yeah. was roughly a softball sized 
hole, mainly mainly skin, mainly a, mainly a skin wound, but it's a wide open gap, gaping hole, and her shoulders just dangling there. Oh wow! And not only am I pissed because I told myself I'll never shoot. I'll let her die of old age before I shoot her, just because she, you know, granted me killing that that big ape, you know. So I was gonna let her walk forever. Well someone shot her so i was pissed about that and, and after season so i was pretty pretty bent out of shape well i get her on, on camera on camera and i'm watching her and she'll show up here and there and she's limping real bad and i was like dang man i have to like possibly kill her you know let her put her out of her misery but like i said it, it was illegal at that time so i said well nature's gonna play itself out well you know eventually i take cameras down and put up a put up a camera the following year which is this year and you would be amazed what these animals can go through uh, like I said, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't have it on camera, man. Her her leg healed perfectly back up. Um, now she does have a permanent limp. I think her her whole shoulder is still busted, but she is healthy. She had a yearling this year. Oh wow! I was going to um, ask that if she had a. Yep, she bred. She had a yearling, and she's healthy as can be, fat as can be. And oh yeah, her just... body wouldn't have let her do that if if she wasn't ready for it. Exactly, which is crazy to me. I mean, these animals are just so tough. It's just, the, yeah. you know, the, the I, I'll send you that picture. Yeah, that's, off the phone yeah right. I've, I've seen some before. Um, I've only seen one in, in real life, and I, actually it was during season, and I had the opportunity to, to um, you know, finish it off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, especially after season, you see something like that. And that's one of the things I can't stress enough with, with bow hunting. I mean, we talked about it before. Don't get me wrong. I lost sleep when I when I didn't take the shot on mine. But sometimes it's, it's uh, it, not even sometimes. It's never worth it. Um, especially, you know, think about how I always, I guess maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. But I always feel bad. Not not just, I haven't wounded a deer in, in a few years. But I know the last time I did, I mean, think about how much pain they're in. And I just, I couldn't imagine. And like you said, they're just so resilient that they just, they have to keep pushing. They don't have a choice. Um, you know, especially down here, I don't know how you guys are, but our coyotes, I mean, they're, they're as big as a lab. So, I mean, they'll, they'll take down a deer like that real quick. Um, oh, without an issue. And then that's not counting the, the, the Florida Panthers as well. So, I mean, that's, that's crazy. And what's crazy is how she was able to recover enough to have uh, a yearling. I mean, cause most of the time you would think that, I mean, I know animals are the first one, like if their body can't take it, like they won't continue breeding. Um, you know, so she just doesn't give you a good little population there and she's still going. I know. And that, that's, that's, like I said, she was having twins and, you know, deer population isn't through the roof where I'm hunting. And it's just one of those things where I said, I mean, she's there in the daylight all the time, which, you know, you get a doe in daylight, you know what that means. Um, in the right time of the year, she shows up in daylight. So does Mr. Big Boy. So right. um, that's why I granted, like I just said, you know what? I'm not going to kill her ever. Um, it's just, it's one of those things. Now, like I said, she survived. She is old, though. I will tell you that. I don't know how long she's going to be able to kick around. But um, for now, she's old. She kind of migrated to that private piece that I was telling you about um, that I hunted close to. And uh, so she's extra safe out there. I'll tell you that. The landowner won't won't hunt her. Well, that's, that's um, good. That's good that she gets to. Uh, oh, yeah, you just sent it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah. That is rough. I tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll drop this in the comments uh when we get this post up. She's a pretty doe too. Yeah, she does have some old socks on. Yeah. That's a big that's a big gate. That's freaking oh, buckshot. 
you know, three yards away kind of shot. Something. It's yeah, it's a it's a gaping hole, man. And and I don't know how she survived it because so the Florida heat. The Florida heat has the has everything, you know, mold or not mold, I said mold. I meant sorry, infections right, and right. diseases and, and it's easy to grow stuff when it's hot, but um, oh yeah, and all that, the bugs and stuff, the flies, oh, oh, mosquitoes, flies, the whole Ugh. shebang. I mean, right there in that picture, it's seventy-three degrees, which I know that's not too awfully hot, but as you know, that's probably a morning picture. So by the time it's freaking two p.m., it's what ninety? Yeah, they man, they had a so, hard angle on that. That's what I see, and that's what I, I mean. Unless you can come up with something else that happened to her leg, um, I mean, I was thinking maybe fence. It could but, be a fence. I mean, a fence, but I mean, honestly, you have to I land mean, on your side. I've killed deer with a, obviously with a bow, and that's what it looks like sometimes when that's you take those saying. angles. That's why I thought someone shot her with a bow and maybe broke off the arrow in her shoulder and snapped it, or um, they could have shot. But I don't. And you, I don't know. It you know what's me. crazy is how clean it is. That's like, what makes me think so That's clean. what makes me think broadhead. I mean, just so clean. There's not a drop of blood on her leg. No, no. And now I think that I think that's a couple of days after it happened. Um, I'd already had pictures of her. And the other ones are nighttime though. You can't you can see it's open, but you can't see definition like this. Yeah, one. that's that's wild, man. I'm I'm curious to see how uh how long she lives after that. But yeah, deer are really resilient. I've seen I've seen deer at taxidermists. That's you really want to you really want to have a little less faith in humanity. Go to a taxidermist because uh, I've seen literally broadheads in in the bases of antlers. Uh, That's crazy. And, and these are things where, like, if I didn't see it personally, I probably wouldn't believe it. Uh, you know, and and I've seen that. I've seen broadheads and legs. Uh, my uncle actually killed a deer this year. We we always go up to Maryland. We kill some does you know if a buck steps out we'll kill that but uh we mm -hmm. always double up it's kind of just our yearly thing and he shot right. a doe uh last this past season that we were skinning it and i don't know how he missed it but he barely touched it with like his fingernail or like the tip of his finger and he's like oh that's weird that feels like metal so we start looking it's dark you know we've got a dim light we're skinning these deer up outside and we done skinned mine up, we're skinning his up, we're quartering it out. And he's like, oh, that feels weird. That feels like, you know, metallic. Or Oh, I'll tell you what happened. His knife touched it. And he goes, oh, that's metallic. And, and then he touched it with his finger. And what's crazy is where he was cutting, he normally would have shoved his hand um, to kind of hold the meat right there. And he even said that he's like, man, if I would have did that, I would have got a nice gash. Sharp broadhead was inside of it. And we done already skinned up the deer enough that it was kind of hard to tell um, right. you know, which way it came or how old it was or anything. But he's like, can you believe this? And I was like, are you sure it's not your broadhead? So he shows me what he's using. He's using Thunderheads. And this is like, I want to say it's a Rage or something like that. It was a, it was a bigger right. name. And he goes, no, because I use Thunderheads. And he like showed me it. And I was like, oh my gosh, huge difference. Uh, it was a fixed broadhead. Um, it wasn't right. mechanical. It was a fixed broadhead. And it was in her. I mean, it was in the meat deep. So yeah, super yeah, surprised. They're they're style and and I always try to I always try to say you know like I always try to give the hunter the benefit of the doubt you can't jump to conclusions you know you see a you see a antler you know you see a shot like that or you see one stuck in the base of the antler the only thing you can say is you don't know if it hit a you don't know if it hit a branch yeah, and deflected and hit the antler yeah or they very well could have taken a stupid shot you never know but it's it's so hard to judge yep you you, know, you never know I mean I've I've literally seen 
deer flinch. I mean, or turn well, turn their head. Or I know somebody was uh, shooting a kind of quarter and away shot, and I don't know what it did. It almost like jump turned in that mm-hmm. split moment, whether it heard the bow or what, and they ended up hitting it dead slap in the chest. And they were like, oh, my gosh. And I, if one of those things, if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. I would have been like, bro, you just took a bad shot. I literally watched yeah. it do like take its front feet and jump and turn left and like pivot down. And I just, you know weird. how deer are. They do, uh, what do they call those? Zoomies. They yeah. sometimes yeah. they'll just ran. I've been watching deer eat and nothing's happened. And then the deer just like freaks out and like turn, uh, kicks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, like they a buck and bronco. Dude, they do. They get sometimes they just have them quirky personalities and they'll they'll do that stuff. It's 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 amazing, man. But um so Tyler, we're about an hour here. We'll wrap this up. I uh, loved having you on, man. Um, you know, anytime you want to talk southern hunting, that's definitely a topic that we can never have enough of. Um, we got some great northern stuff. Um, I know you do travel to other states, but you know, anytime you want to share any of that southern uh, Southern uh, secret sauce there. We're always willing to listen. But um, one thing I always like to do with these podcasts, and this being the first one of the year, I'd, I'd love to start it off right. If you could leave us with a great takeaway, um, really, if any of your hunting experience, it doesn't have to be about this episode, what would you kind of leave with our viewers? Um, Just, you know, going out, you saying like going outdoors and just kind of are you talking about being successful or just kind of just, just in general? Like if you, if you had to leave us on a, on a, on a note here of, of something that's always, I know you kind of shared what helped you in the South, but I guess if you could leave a, you know, a piece of advice or, or something for the to viewers that, you know, if they're looking to come down South and, and do more hunting, um, you know, especially you as a local, um, really, really any type of advice or, or, you know, positive note to kind of leave us, uh, finish this episode with. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the best thing it's kind of what we talk about is, is, is just being consistent, the resilience going out, going out, going out, not, you know, persistent, whatever you want to call it. It's just, you've got to go out and make it happen. Florida is different than most, especially you're hunting public land. It's, it's, it's harder to see trails. Uh, it's just some, some things are a lot harder. That's why, like you said, there's no episodes of, of hunting these Florida public lands. It's just, it's hard to do. Um, so my takeaway and, and my advice to people is, is don't get too frustrated and give up. Um, just stay at it and keep moving stuff. Keep trying to find deer until you make it happen. That's, that's kind of the best thing I can give. Awesome, man. No, that's, that's great advice. And, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> you couldn't have, uh, couldn't have said it better. You know, don't, don't ever give up, keep trying, just be smart about things when you do them. Obviously don't go stink up a spot, but we, the way we have technology now, you can put cameras out, and if you don't want to do cameras, just play the win. Um, right. But, Tyler, if our viewers want to reach out to you at all, um, what socials or best way could they could they kind of check you out or, or give you a follow? Uh, uh, Instagram. I think Instagram would probably be the best one, um, and that would be, I believe it's Tyler underscore car three. yep i'm checking it right now and we'll put that in the show notes but yeah it's tyler underscore car with two r's three um so definitely i'm looking at your bucket getting out gosh that's a good one man (laughs) yes sir i'm sure xop is probably like nice we got some southern 
Oh yeah, I, I meant to send that to them. Actually, they hooked me up. I bought one. I use their lock-ons. So. Oh yeah, so so do I. They actually have some some nice stuff I've seen at the ATA show. I was talking to them the other day, and they wanted us to try out some things. But um, Tyler, man, I appreciate you jumping on, brother, and uh, we'll definitely have to do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys are listening to White Tail Theories podcast. <laughs>